Happy Hour with Julie and Liz. So, Liz. Yes. Before we get into um, all the hellscape that is our country (laughs) and politics right now, I want to share with you my new celebrity crush. I've not had a celebrity crush in years. I can't even remember the last one. Oh, my gosh. I can't wait to hear who this is because I don't know. So I'm going to be surprised. All right. Drop it. I feel kind of bad saying this because I was trying to boycott the U.S. Open tennis tournament because they refused to let Novak Djokovic play because he's not vaccinated. So I have not watched a lot of it. But for Matteo Berrettini, who is the super hot Italian tennis player. Oh, you got a a hot name. He's delicious. Anyway, he lost, unfortunately. So there's no point in going on in life, but um, certainly no point in watching the U.S. Open. But, you know, I play tennis. I know you were a tennis player. I think you should this weekend just check out some videos of him. Oh, I will. And anyone else looking for a celebrity crush, you're welcome. He will not disappoint. You know, he will not disappoint. Tennis players are, are tight. You know, they're they're fit. You know what I mean? Well, here's what I like about him. You know, so many athletes now are just so skinny. Like, even the tennis players now are so skinny. The golf players, like, ew. You know, I like some, I like some muscle and some fat on my man. Not that he's fat, but he's certainly not skinny. He's just. He's th- thick, I think, is the word that the kids today say. <laughs> I don't know. You're so hip. <laughs> With two C's. I know. <laughs> I'm super, super hip. That's me. Well, I will. Thank you for that, Julie. Thank you for sharing. I'm always interested. Well, let me know what you think. I want to, and I any will. of our listeners, especially females, well, men too. I mean, we don't, we don't see gender, whatever. You know, we don't discriminate. Let us know you your know, thoughts on the or whatever. Whoever you are listening to it, non-binary, two-spirit, um, you know, dragonkin, whoever is listening, <laughs> like tweet at us what you think of, of this tennis player. I like it. <laughs> so Liz, now there's some sad news happening too. So what's going yeah. on with Queen? Well, I just saw this on Twitter, um, which I'm trying to limit to like 10 to 20 minutes a day just so that I don't you know have a psychological meltdown but I saw <laughs> that the her medical team is it had issued some statement that she's under serious medical care and that Charles that piece of shit is that woke piece of shit is mm-hmm. is has is flying to Balmoral which is where she is so that's never good um how say, old is she? Like, she's like she I think she's 96. Wow. She's 96. She's I think she's it's been 70 years since she has been the Queen of England. And you know, she took over at a very young age in her early twenties. Um and you know, I think she's been I think she's been a good queen. I mean, look, I, I I'm not into that shit, the monarchy. I'm not into that, but you know, as a regime, but um you know, I think she's been a good figure and she was always very like humble. Right. I mean, she was very charitable or is she is a charitable, you know, the Royals, I think that's a strict, you know, rule of them where they're not, you know, 
let them eat cake type of people there. They do a fair amount of charity work, but the queen always seemed to embody that. So I, I just think it's very sad because Charles, Prince Charles is just a punk ass bitch. I mean, <laughs> you can quote me on that too. Um, I mean, he's a woke asshole. He's a another guilty white liberal dude who knows what he's going to do. I mean, he's probably going to put solar panels on the Beckingham palace or some shit like that. Once his, his mother goes, it's it's really sad. So we're standing by. I mean, that's the latest. It's just that she's under serious medical attention, has some serious medical attention. I mean, I love her. Concerned for Her Majesty's health. That's the statement. So there you go. Go ahead, Julie. I love her whole story. Um, you know, she's she's tough, but she's graceful and, yep. you know, loved her husband. You know, they had seemed to have a great love affair. He passed away, what, two or three years ago? A couple yeah, years ago? Yeah, not that long and ago, so, actually. Um, but look, she raised a bunch of head cases. And, yep. uh, you know, of course, it's not necessarily her fault. But, you know, Prince Charles and what's the other guy's name? Andrew. And then isn't there... Who is the other one? Is it Anne? Anne. Anne. I don't know. That sounds like a British royalty name, though. So probably. Anne. Um, and then, you know, you've got the whole Harry. I don't pay attention to, to them at all. But I think what irks all of us, and to your point, the solar panels. Well, he won't put solar panels in, right? Because they are hardcore climate uh, oh, yeah. propagandists. But they don't live that way. <laughs> so No. Well, how big is how what what's the what do you think the power bill is for like the Buckingham Palace? Yeah, or Balmoral or, or Balmoral. Or any of their or jets any, that they take around yeah, to any speak of the, at climate n- conferences. Numerous properties that they own and the travel, like if, when they go somewhere, I mean, they're not like Prince Charles isn't getting on a bike or something and drive, like going to some event. You know, it's like a bunch of cars and you know, to, to taking him there. So he's just another one of these climate hypocrites like Gavin Newsom, who was telling people, residents of California, I'm proud to say I formerly was uh, lived in California and no longer, um, that they had to keep their air conditioning or at 78 degrees. Um, and he was said it while he was wearing like a fleece jacket because I can assure you he was. <laughs> He wasn't in 78 degree weather when he was saying that. No, he was like in a fleece hoodie. I know. Or what was that? What you know what? That? These people are out of touch. They're out of touch. And I would like to say for the record that I keep it at 68 degrees in my house because I'm 52 and I will do whatever the fuck I want. I have like a hormonal explosion going on right now. Don't tell me what the temperature is in my house. Oh, boy. I'm, I am hot. No, it's it's <laughs> it's ridiculous. California. <clears throat> has done this to itself. So, I mean, I'm conflicted. Like, in principle, I think it's outrageous. But in practice, these people voted for these jackasses, and this is what the jackasses have done to their state, right? They're sh- they've shut their nuclear plant down. They're shutting down fossil fuels, and there's nothing to replace it, you know? And this is how you know that these climate, these climate zealots are not sincere about what they say about their care for the environment. If they really cared about how to, you know, get away from these dangerous sources of energy, they would develop something that worked. Then we would transition. But the idea that we're just going to jettison, 
you know, a thousand years of progress and go back to eating bugs and living in caves without freezers and heating. I mean, this is how you know that this is just a power move and has nothing to do with the environment. Right, power. And I mean, it's coming at a time, of course, with California just, I mean, devastating, but people are there. People voted for this. They had a chance to get rid of him and they didn't. And so, and the same thing is happening in Europe, just a manufactured, unnecessary energy crisis um, that people have little hope to, to fight against. And this is this is what the Biden regime wants to happen across the country. Yeah, that's right. That, so hopefully could, people are paying attention, Liz. I don't know. You know, are the suburban cul-de-sac wine moms, are they actually like, oh, shit, this could really happen here? Are they just like, well, you know, we really need to recycle more? You know, a lot of these people, especially people that are upper middle class, they're just they're the last to really be affected because they kind of have the money to insulate themselves against, no pun intended, against this stuff. Um, but, you know, also in California, this, I think it was last week, they passed, Gavin Newsom signed a bill that would get rid of like any gasoline cars by 2035. Well, you know, if you're a mi- upper middle class person, you can, I guess, by like a Tesla or a Prius or whatever these electric cars are. Um, But if you're a middle class person and you have a car and you have a car payment, are you going to be able to just buy a car? The lowest bottom rung of that car is like $50,000, you know, and then take on that car payment because you probably don't have $50,000 in cash waiting around to buy a car. So, um, But I don't feel bad for people anymore in California because they continue to vote for the people that do this. And it's the same ones that live in California and complain about the crime. You voted for these people in office and this is what they're doing to your city. So, you know, I feel bad for Europe. But I I saw a video. Someone tweeted out a video last week of um, Trump when he was, I think, I don't know if it was at the G20 or he was at some new world order meeting with these jokers and he was i think it was a un where he was saying that germany is going to be is in trouble because they're completely dependent on russia for energy and then it zoomed over to the the german delegation they were like snickering and rolling their eyes and it's like that's who's right. laughing now you kraut huh that's right now because <clears throat> that's because that's again what is it smart national security strategy to outsource your energy needs to a hostile regime. I mean, no one in their right mind would do this if they were being like, if they legitimately were looking out for the best interests of their country, you know? So I think we don't, our regime is not looking out. That's why we're trying to make this move to solar, which of course comes from China. It's made by Chinese slaves and prisoners and, Mm -hmm. China owns um, most of the rare earth um, uh, ingredients that go into these electric engines and so I mean these uh, whatever fairy dust engines because they rely these engines rely on uh, fossil fuels to charge um, and solar panels. I mean it's that these people are trying to get us more dependent on China and China's a hostile hostile nation. So, you know, this isn't really about the environment. You know, again, it's a power move. 
another power move. That's right. Yeah. Always has been about control, not anything else. Um, speaking of, you know, Liz, it's just amazing watching the polling. Republicans should be in double digits ahead of yeah. Democrats on the generic ballot. Joe Biden should have an approval rating of like 12. Um, people should be uprising in the streets at what's happening in this country. And you look no further than the city of Memphis this week, a city where I lived in as a child. I think I was like three years old. We lived there for like a year. Um, representative of so what's happening in so many, not just inner cities now, but suburbs, right? This is not yeah. just a urban crime issue. It's spilling out into the suburbs. You can see this everywhere, especially my home state of Illinois and Chicago. Um, but just absolutely gut-wrenching, infuriating uh, things that happen in Memphis, which, of course, was the abduction and murder of Eliza Fletcher, 34-year-old mother of two, who was out for a jog at 4.30 in the morning and encountered just pure evil monster who abducted her and murdered her and left her body. I think he raped her, too, actually. I'm sorry to say that, but just to, like, get the gravity. And, of course, this monster, this wasn't, like, his first crime. Um, this guy, He was I in believe, prison for, what, or supposed to be in prison for 20 years for kidnapping a defense attorney, sticking him in his trunk, driving him around, forcing him to use his ATM card. And if a public housing security guy hadn't heard him screaming at one point, this defense attorney said he would have been dead. He would have been murdered by this guy. This seems um, like precisely the kind of person that should never get out of jail. Like, you know, we if you're a first time listener to Happy Hour, maybe you don't know. But Julie and I, we don't like the cops. So we're not we're not like pro lock people up and we, we're not super fans of the cops. But this is the kind of person that should be locked up forever. You, this is a person who should not be allowed to. Um, endanger civil society, period, full stop. Um, and this is just one story, but there's a million stories exactly like it going on in cities and moving out into the suburbs. You know, it's a, it's a terrible tragedy. This, this young, these kids have no mother. This guy should never have been let out of jail. I mean, it's just terrible. It's terrible. And she's a lovely, by all accounts, a lovely young woman, I think she was teacher. a kindergarten teacher, uh, you know, granddaughter of a, you know, basically an heiress. Um, you know, she's probably up. She's a mom of two young kids. And, you know, she probably got up early, obviously early to get in her run before she went home and took care of her babies like moms do across the country and just disgusting. And you're right. I mean, there aren't reports that she was sexually assaulted or raped yet but it's hard to imagine that she wasn't i mean she's a tiny little thing and this monster this evil pos um i mean i there are reports how she tried to fight him off but you don't have a chance with you know someone like that um but then in addition to this we have this random shooter uh, going through Memphis, it looks like last night or uh, Wednesday into Wednesday evening, who shot and killed, I believe, four people? Seven. Seven. Oh, now it's seven. I think it's up to seven. Um, 
And you have this reporter for Memphis Television Station last night breaking down in tears, talking about what's happening in their city. Well, where do you guys think that this has all come from? I mean, this did not happen overnight. Um, and, you know, you, again, you've, you've emboldened this, not just with the prosecutors that have been elected and retained, but your support of, and to your point, I mean, we're not reflexive police defenders. I mean, we're not we're as skeptical of the law enforcement community as we are of anything. Um, but when you have a party, Democratic Party and half the Republican Party, who bent the knee in 2020, made George Floyd uh, a martyr, a hero, and, you know, letting these cities and these police officers who are terrified to do their job or be caught on video and have their names splashed on social media and have their family have their own safety and the safety of their families really put in jeopardy. This is what you're going to get. Um, yeah. And you're right. This isn't. I mean, this has gotten a lot of news. But look, women are assaulted in cities and suburbs across the country every day. Not to this point, of course. But um, you know, well, this even is, in New York, in New York City, you know, I I see people, and this doesn't even make the news anymore because it's just considered part of life in New York, but people ride, women who ride the subways, they just get, you know, you have people whipping out their junk. You, someone just got punched in the face, like just this kind of stuff all day long, people peeing there, people assaulting other people, um, you know, and it's just like, I guess what we call the price of doing business. You know, you live in New York, you know, it's a little, it's dangerous, it's, it's dangerous. And Again, like Julie and I sit here and we we talk about it, but it also it's there is some responsibility on the communities that have allowed their elected officials to, um, you know, not do their job. And their job is to protect the public, you know, and to make the community safe. That's their number one. It's not a racial issue. It doesn't matter what color anyone is. Your community needs to be safe. And that is the job of your elected officials. And you know, I'm curious to know, is there a source prosecutor in Memphis? Um, did they defund their police? I know there were a lot of BLM protests um, in mm -hmm. 2020 when there was those riots and um, terrorism going on. But, you know, what effect did they are? are is their police force like operating at a deficit? You know, are they not fully staffed to have a bunch of them left like so many other police departments? Um you know, police have a limited scope of, of authority that they should have. And um, one of them and the number one is to keep the public safe. And so, you know, I, I mean, it's hard to blame the police on this. I mean, I don't know where this exactly. She probably was attacked on a, maybe in a park. Is that where it happened, Julie? I don't know if she's on the street. Yeah, she was apparently it was near the University of Memphis. So it was on a street. And then he kind of chased her down in this SUV that he had, because of course, why not? Why wouldn't a convicted felon who just yeah. got out of jail have an SUV probably bought it, you know, on the, with Biden PPP, or, PPP loan or something <laughs> to get that SUV to chase down victims. But, you know, again, like he shouldn't have been ever let out. I, I'm look, I'm sorry. If you're violent and you are a violent person, you are assaulting and, and killing or beating up or assaulting, stabbing, shooting other people, innocent people, you need to go to, you need to get locked up. That's it. I don't care what color you are. I don't care. You need to get locked up. And 
obviously this crime that you described, which seems very serious because he was fucking around with a defense attorney um, and kidnapping him and probably would have killed him. Um, this guy should never get out of jail. I'm sorry. Um, no, and he has he had a record as a juvenile. I mean, and he was uh, let's see. There's a good um, uh, report in townhall.com that lists that just details his criminal history. Juvenile court system dates back as early as 1995 when he was 12 years old. Abstin appeared in juvenile court records in 1996, 97, 98, and 99 for theft, aggravated assault, aggravated assault with a weapon, and rape. Terrible. Yeah, see this guy. <sighs> and guess what? His, da- his daddy, his daddy's in prison too for yeah. second degree murder. I mean, this is, uh, you know, obviously a cultural issue. Um, so, I mean, he probably it, thought he could get away with it. You know, he probably thought he could get away with it because. He had a lot of reason to think he could get away with it, which is that that the police is, are probably understaffed, that they're not seriously prosecuting these crimes. And so, you know, maybe he'd get out on probation. I mean, we've heard stories um, around the country of some of these repeat offenders who are out on probation after like attempted murder, you know, um, that they get out on probation or they just get probation as a sentence after a violent crime. Um And, you know, so why wouldn't they think they can get away with it? And again, this is to the people of Memphis. Look, this is your city. You know, do you want to live like this? Do you want to live where you can't go out? You can't go out in your neighborhood or you can't take a jog? I mean, it's outrageous. It's terrible. Tucker had, of course, thank God for Tucker. Tucker. had yeah had such a compelling monologue the other night about this. And it's like we're so many people are being anesthetized by this. Well, of course you're out, you know, maybe you're out too early or you're dressed this way or you're, you know, in a dangerous neighborhood. And basically he was saying, we have a right as Americans to do, go wherever we want in this country and be safe. I mean, she wasn't doing anything wrong. You have a right to go jog at 4.30 or 5 o'clock in the morning because you're going to have a full day as a mom and a teacher and a wife and probably community. Uh, you know, I'm sure she was involved in a lot of things. She just well, would she seem probably like. Ran. Like, it probably wasn't the first time. She probably regularly did this. So, you right. know, I think it wasn't that... like she undertook some first of the first time, some risky endeavor. Not that she would deserve anything if she did, but. You know that a lot of I, you know, I know you, you, you are exerciser. I, I see exercisers. I have a treadmill <laughs> in my house, um, but I see other people, normal people, go outside walking, ex- running, you know, in in my neighborhood as they should. And there are running trails. I'm sure she was on a trail, you know, w- running, which is for people to go running. So it's just, it's just very, it's very sad, and I think even sadder than the the violence. And the fact that her children now have no mother is the fact that people seem to be fine with this and they, you know, that they are not objecting. They are not throwing out these elected law enforcement officials who are giving a free pass to these people because they're too busy, worried about where to put the trans people, which like boy or girl jail. You know what I mean? This this is where their energy is directed. You know, it was making sure that a trans woman with a penis is in with the women because, you know, we don't, I don't know, because that's, we're supposed to do that. 
Um, it's and where's really, the where's the statement from the Biden regime? I mean, oh, you've no. had yeah. innocent people murdered in a major American city. Nothing from DOJ, Civil Rights Division, where they're going to investigate these two men for violating uh, Eliza Fletcher's civil rights or the people who were just randomly shot and killed yesterday. We we have nothing from Merrick Garland. He's too busy, what, going through Donald Trump's personal medical records that he can't talk about a, a, a city under siege by violent, crimi- murderous criminals? Look, I mean, his vice his vice president was bailing out violent criminals when she was fundraising for the Minnesota Freedom Fund during the riots in 2020, right? I mean, Kamala was out there fundraising for bail for people who were arrested at at these riots. So you're not arrested for holding a sign, okay? You're arrested for setting fires, killing people, beating people, you know, again, just mayhem in the city and destruction. And, you know, when what can the Biden regime say when, you know, Kamala and other Biden staffers were trying to raise money for this fund to bail out criminals? And I believe like um, one of the uh, lucky recipients of Kamala bail money was went on and murdered somebody. I think that was out there. There have been a, a bunch of it wasn't just writers that you got bailed out from the Minnesota Freedom Fund. It was a child molester there were some really bad people that were let out not to mention now remember we have an abundance of criminals on the street because the administration released a bunch of criminals under covid remember that that's right that's right we we emptied out the prisons because of covid so you know what could go wrong right no now we're seeing it well, again, because um, as we switch subjects, uh, Joe Biden and Kamala Harris and Merrick Garland and the FBI are completely 100 percent fixated on Donald Trump and anyone who walked near the Capitol on January 6th. Now, amazingly, 20 months later, here we are still talking about it. They're still arresting people. They're still convicting people. They're shaking down plea deals. You have judges berating these trespassers in court, sentencing, this happened this week, sentencing them to months in jail on low-level petty offenses while screaming at them about why they supported Donald Trump. So just another week in Biden's America. Um, So we had this week the latest biggest meltdown by the blue checks and our quote-unquote legal experts that Judge Aileen Cannon a U.S. District Court judge in Florida appointed by Donald Trump, um, upended the narrative and disturbed the DOJ's unhinged, unaccountable, unfettered criminal investigation into Donald Trump uh, by ordering the appointment of something called a special master to review the 12,000-plus pieces of paper, press clippings, magazine covers, et cetera, stolen by the FBI at Mar-a-Lago on August 8th. This has put the Andrew Weissmans of the world in, they are absolutely like psychotic over this decision. Um, But Liz, here's just a general question. I think most Americans would ask, well, we know we have a DOJ and an FBI, uh, not just a DOJ, run by Biden appointees and Democrats. 
You have an FBI now with basically no credibility among most Americans, highly politicized, partisan, weaponized against Trump and his supporters and interfering in elections. Um, Why wouldn't everyone support a third party, impartial, objective third party person, maybe a former judge with security clearance to look through these documents? Because, Liz, we already know what we've been told is a lie. Right. Ninety nine percent of the material stolen from Mar-a-Lago did not have classification markings. They weren't top secret with nuclear codes. Ninety nine percent were what you would call personal items or what they would generally describe as U.S. government documents. Well, that wasn't the scope of the subpoena or the search warrant. It specified classified top secret certain classification designations didn't say basically the DOJ is arguing that nothing Donald Trump had as president, former president in his possession at Mar-a-Lago belonged to him, that it all belongs to the government under the presidential records act. Well, that's just on its face, ridiculous, not true. Um, but we had Mike Davis, if you didn't listen to us a couple weeks ago, we had Mike Davis on who is highly, authoritative on this. And he really laid out a good case that, you know, Trump, it's not possible for Trump to illegally possess classified information because Trump is the ultimate classification authority. The president is not these bureaucrats, right? Not the people at the archives, not some DOJ flack, but the president. So just by virtue of him having those documents, they are not classified. And we also learned that he did declassify those documents before he left office. And um, when you get a search warrant, I believe it's supposed to be for something like you can't just get a search warrant to like take everybody's someone's worldly possessions, you know, that you, you you're looking you're looking for something. So they got medical records. They got attorney client privilege documents. But I think, Julie, you make the, a great point that people need to remember if everything's above board, what's the what's the harm in having a special master? And I would like to say that as somebody who is very focused on the news, the news cycle, who's writing what stories, I have never seen more stories about a judge as I have about this canon woman who approved the special master. You normally do not get like four days worth of stories talking about a judge after they make a ruling unless. It's a ruling that is not favorable to the regime. And so there have just been hit pieces on this judge now because she made this ruling. But think of all the other ridiculous rulings that we've been getting over the years. And you never get a bunch of stories written up, ABC News, CNN, Axios, you know, The Hill writing all these hit pieces. So you know that something is off when the DOJ doesn't want a neutral third party to review what they're doing. It's very suspicious, just alone. Um, and one more point that I always like to draw people back to like, get back to center yourself. Do you think Donald Trump packed up his own office? And what do you think are in the president? What what kinds of things do you think are in other presidential libraries? Right. The Nixon library, the Reagan library, the Chimpy McCalliburton probably has a library. Jimmy Carter has a library. You know, Bill Clinton's got a library. What is it? What do you think is in there? Well, what what do you what do you even think is in the Obama mansion in Calamar? And what do you call it? The Georgetown area where they live. Oh, yeah. 
What do they think the Clintons have in their yeah, various Are you telling me they don't have anything that they would right. consider classified or top secret? You think Barack Obama didn't abscond with who knows how much That's material right. that he shouldn't so technically have? Hillary Clinton and Bill Clinton, like, literally stole merchandise. They stole, stole things, not even papers. They took something like $30,000 worth of, like, furniture, silverware. Oh, that's right. Right. Drapes. What happened right. to that? Nothing. Nothing happened to that. So, so the, the canon order is upsetting the Democrats and the media because it was a pretty tough order. And what she did, it, and this was before she actually filed the her official order on Monday, is she um, ordered the unsealing of the inventory list. So we had sort of a general one in uh, the unsealing under the search warrant, but she demanded a more um, voluminous explanation for what they took. Well, that's when it came out that they had taken clothing items. They stole books from him. They had thousands of press clippings, what they called printed media. Well, what is that? How pictures? could you steal that? Like, didn't they take, like, framed pictures? They took, well, we saw in the stupid picture, photo that the FBI took and then gave in the attachment um, for the other filing, a, a framed picture of a Time Magazine front cover. Um, so this whole thing took, is. Do you think they took Melania's, like, Melania's Birkins? She has like a croc Birkin that's worth at least 80K. And I'm just like, okay, this is like the Birkin. third time you brought this up. And I think that we need to like file a motion. <laughs> I want to like know. Amic- I'm going to FOIA that. Brief. We want to know. <laughs> I'm going to FOIA. Like I want any document that mentions the word Birkin. No. Um, no, but I think, I mean, they went through her closet. They went through Baron's room. You know what I mean? Like they're touched her personal belongings. And, you know, what it, it, it's a very invasive, very invasive. So it was very invasive, which is why the canon ruling and the idea that. So the the other thing that a couple other things that the canon ruling revealed. Number one, the alleged um, taint team or this privilege review team that's supposed to look through all the documents first, separate from the investigative team. On at least two occasions, the investigative team got in its hands what would be considered privileged material and had to give it back to this privilege review team. Well, DOJ's explanation was, well, we have such a broad definition of what would be privileged, we're being extra careful. And she basically said, the court is not so sure that that's the explanation. DOJ is coming to the court. Donald Trump is the one who filed this request for a special master. And DOJ, of course, is vociferously um, objecting to that. So they're basically saying, we don't need this. Review's already done. Our process worked. Well, she said, that's not true. On at least two occasions, you have an investigative team who's gotten material that they shouldn't have. We don't know. The other thing she revealed is, apart from what people like Bill Barr, who we can't even get into, we won't have time to get into him this week. Aside from what even DOJ, the media, people like Bill Barr said, Trump's request for a special master came the day after the raid. He went to DOJ in their negotiations and was asking for this. And finally, after two weeks, when they continued to defy him or deny him or not even discuss the matter, that's when he filed this motion seeking a special master. So he's been trying to get this third party from the very beginning. 
The other thing that came out in this ruling is that DOJ admitted that there are leaks happening related to this investigation and basically just said, well, the prosecutor who's the U.S. attorney basically said, well, I don't know anyone on the team who's leaking, but yes, leaks are happening. So Judge Cannon, towards the end, said another reason we need a special master is because there are no protections in place to protect Donald Trump's rights. He is a former president. He's already been maligned by these nefarious leaks that we don't even know are true. Um, So in order to protect him, I'm taking all these documents out of your hands and we're giving them to someone else. And you don't have access to these anymore until someone has gone through that. What happens the next day after Judge Cannon reveals that these leaks are happening, the government admits it, there's a leak, quote unquote leak to the Washington Post, Devlin Barrett, uh, DOJ media propagandist cutout, (laughs) who claimed in this very vaguely, very creatively crafted spin story that Donald Trump has documents related to a foreign country's defense system, including nuclear capabilities. Liz, what does that even mean? That could be a think tank paper. That could be a Washington Post article. Like, what is that? He doesn't define it, but he twists it in such a way that now you have people saying, oh, my God, we're back to Donald Trump has secret nuclear information about other countries, which. Look, he obviously knows what what it is. Right. And and because he's not saying but instead uses like a vague description with the word nuclear in it you know like that is supposed to have some kind of weight but the thing is these people do not deserve the benefit of the doubt anymore because they are not neutral third-party um investigators they are partisan activists who lie and spin and put out propaganda so anything that comes out of these people especially devlin barrett who was just a real center of all the disinformation coming out during the russia hoax these people deserve absolutely no benefit of the doubt. They're, I think everything they say is a lie. And whenever I read any of their stuff, I immediately think, <clears throat> you know, quo vadis, quo vadis, you know, who to who is this benefiting? Because it is not this, it's not because it's a news story. It's because it serves an interest. So it's obvious what's going on here. And really, before anyone assumes it is because Julie and I are like, like, new, you know, hardcore Trumpaloos. The real offense here is the the double standard, the fact that Donald Trump is being treated in a way that no one else has ever been treated and that we're supposed to just swallow it because it's worth it to break all the rules and break all the norms because orange man bad. That is the that is really the big issue here. And you could tell who's a principled person and who isn't if you do think like uh, what's his name? that atheist guy who finally came out and said he thought it was okay for the media to censor Hunter Biden's laptop if it got rid- helped Trump lose the election. You can tell somebody if their principles, if they're perfectly fine with something that, you know, violates the law and violates the Bill of Rights because Trump is that bad, you know? And, and so that's what's going on here. If you think it's fine that they took medical records that they took attorney-client privilege materials, that they didn't do this to any other president in the past, and it's hard to believe that any other president didn't accidentally take something that may or may not have been classified, that we know Trump declassified these documents. So 
the fact that we know all these things and they did it anyway shows you that this is not a good faith endeavor, that this is a political move. And, you know, all these people screaming fascism are perfectly fine with allowing Joe Biden, who knew about the who knew about the raid. At first, the White House pretended they didn't know. They were like, no, we didn't know because, of course, the DOJ is separate from us. Wink, wink, wink. And then, of course, I believe it was this Judge Cannon who, in her order, revealed that it was the Biden administration who went to the Farah bureaucrat and waived Trump's. um, uh, Oh, God, why am I hitting a blank here? They they waived executive um, privilege, executive executive privilege, privilege, which is out fucking rageous. I swear to God. If yes. there's ever a Republican in office again for president, I want them to waive every president before them's executive privileges and just let the documents flow to hundreds of thousands. You know, it's so outrageous for that. Um, but you know what? A lot of people aren't paying attention to this like we are, Julie, which is unfortunate. So, well, people really do, because what, oh, you know. The, you know, they keep talking about Judge Kidd. This is unprecedented. No one asked for a special master in a criminal case. This is usually, well, everything up to this point is unprecedented. Joe Biden is the first incumbent president to deny not once, not twice, but three times a former president's uh, claims of executive privilege. He is the one who started this. It was confirmed in both a narrow letter and in a DOJ filing related to this uh, the special master case that the it and they specifically say the incumbent president at the request of the incumbent president, yep. the National Archives turned over those documents to the FBI. Uh, didn't we impeach a president yes. for making a phone call and asking for an investigation into an actual criminal enterprise, the Biden family? And well, you remember. Have- James Comey, remember, he had his little girly panties all in a wad because he felt like his dinner with Trump was, you know, asking for some favors. You know, yeah. I mean, it's just, again, the none of this is based on principle. None of this is based on law and order. None of this is based on, quote, saving our democracy. It isn't. It's all a political move. And it's all just yet another power move on another institution that the left has captured. It's just amazing to watch the calls for Aileen Cannon, who was appointed by Trump, to recuse herself when you literally have everyone from Merrick Garland, Matthew Graves, the USDC attorney, to Lisa Monaco, Obama BFF, appointed by Joe Biden, investigating Joe Biden's former rival and potential rival. Yeah, yeah. You have Obama judges. Obama-Biden judges, right? This happened when Joe Biden. You have Obama-Biden judges. Beryl Howell, the U.S. chief judge of the U.S. District Court in Washington, D.C., she is signing off on all this lunatic shit coming out of the D.C. grand jury, not just for January Sixers, but for the Trump investigation. Tanya Chutkin, an Obama appointee, she is the D.C. District Court uh, judge who authored, who basically gave the legal imprimatur to Biden's authority to deny executive privilege to Donald Trump. She wrote that ruling. We haven't heard anyone say that Obama Biden judges should recuse themselves or Obama, or Biden appointees like Merrick Garland and Lisa Monaco and Matthew Graves and everyone else should recuse themselves, right? This should not be happening. This is banana republic level crap. Um, 
But somehow the rules, of course, Liz, change when it comes to a Trump appointed judge. It's just the hypocrisy just never double standards just never end. And these law enforcement officials in the FBI and the DOJ, they're also uh, investigating Hunter Biden. So I'm sure that that's all on the up and up. Um, That's been going on for like three years Right. I mean, the FBI had gotten Hunter's laptop back in 2019, so they knew that it was real, even though they got a bunch of their um, little talking head puppets to go out and sign a letter saying it seemed like it was Russian disinformation. Um, These are the people that are going to be are supposed to be investigating Hunter Biden. It's been three years. Um, They certainly get those Trump investigations moving really fast. Um, But for Hunter, um, it's three years. Um, you know, well, you know what? Someone just brought up a good point. So Hunter Biden Uh is allegedly being investigated by the U.S. attorney in Delaware for tax issues. Right. And this has been going on since at least what, 2018, 2019. But someone just pointed out, it might have been Jeff Carlson, that that criminal investigation is just a cover to prevent any other investigation into Hunter Biden. So the notion that. Right. So there's nothing happening with that. Why is this taking three, four years to look into? I mean, you and I could file criminal charges against Hunter Biden just from, you know, what we've learned from Miranda Devine in her well, book. Well, I mean, laptop. seriously, the day that that story broke, the stuff that Miranda Devine broke, who was a guest um, on our show, of course, we love Miranda. Yeah, you could go right, go from there. You the day that it came out was it October twentieth? Like you could just go right there. You, you, there it's all there. It, this is not a gray matter. The stuff on that laptop, and I'm not talking about the salacious stuff. I'm talking about the business deals that went on that involved Joe Biden and the question of whether his son isn't like indebted to more than one foreign country, which is in fact a huge security problem, um, and also a country that our president. That, or I don't. I actually said president. Forty six. <gasps> I'm gonna call him forty six, like um, Maxine Waters. Um, forty six <laughs> is seems to be like you know bending over for. Um, it's all and we're sending billions and trillions of dollars to the Ukraine, which of course mm-hmm. um, is the Burisma is a Ukrainian was a Ukrainian company that was extraordinarily corrupt, paying Hunter, who was again a crackhead, kicked out of the military for his drug use. Um, you know, $80,000 a month to consult on something he has absolutely no history and experience on. Um, and now we're sending them billions and trillions of dollars. Just wait until you see who gets the contracts to, quote, rebuild the Ukraine. <laughs> I think we all know we all know this game, right? So we sure do. It, it's it's disgusting. And really, again, aside from the 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 silly charges and ridiculous um, reasons that we're getting for why these actions are necessary. Um, The real problem here is this is a double standard. Nobody else is being treated like this. We all believe that we're operating under a set of rules, but apparently those rules come and go depending on whether you're like worth it or not. And, you know, people have decided orange man bad. So, you know, and our media outlets have said as much, right? Didn't the New York Times say after Trump got elected that like now is not the time to worry about, you know, being objective and doing both sides because, you know, it's too dangerous. Meanwhile, we had four years of Trump. Like what kind of fascism happened under Trump? I mean, well, what, obviously the tweets, Liz, did you not tweets, read his fascist tweets? <laughs> they were extremely detrimental to the rule of law and our democracy. Oh, my gosh. 
You know, there was a poll that came out. This, and I mean, we're you have to kind of joke about it because it's your only defense mechanism. But the deterioration of a fair justice system in the country, where criminals are coddled, let often out in the streets, while people who you know committed no violent crime are the complete fixation of our Justice Department throughout the country, U.S. Attorney's Office and FBI field offices across the country. This isn't just main justice. When your most Americans completely lose faith in our justice system, that is the demise of, of the republic. And there was a poll that just came out, and you see this in polling, especially among Republicans who have traditionally been, of course, supporters of law enforcement and prosecutors and the Justice Department. I mean, I think this poll showed close to 70% of Republicans think that there's a double system of of justice in the country. The majority of independents in this poll thought that too. So, you know, when I go talk to people about January 6th and what's happening to these defendants, nine times out of 10, and this happened yesterday, I was out with a friend and someone said this, what about 2020? You know, the D, these people think that the riots of 2020, the murder, the destruction, the looting, the terror that actually happened, that we've forgotten about that. The American people have not forgotten about that. And so, but the Justice Department has, the FBI has, the Biden regime is completely memory hold it. No one even talks about it. And this DOJ is dropping charges at the same time that they're arresting new January Sixers. This can't, this can't go on, right? Um, but unfortunately, Liz, as we always end up on this issue, there's no Republican leadership on this, at, at least in Washington. Oh, none. There's none. 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 And this is why we're seeing um, real problems electorally for this, quote, red wave that was predicted two months ago. And now it's pretty much I've seen some polls that show the generic ballot is tied. It's because the Republicans have not bothered to announce what they stand for, which means there's no reason to vote for them. You know, we're getting a bunch of milk toast, um, empty, vague, you know, just a lot of rhetoric, sing song, bumper sticker crap. But we really don't have nobody's really talking about anything that matters to people. And and what would change if we were to give the Republicans power again in this election, which is, you know, in less than two months, basically two months away um, wait, yeah, September. Right. It's about two months. Um, so, you know, the, of course, they're of course, they're not doing well. There's no reason to vote for them. So they're letting it happen. And this is why we got Trump in the first place is because these establishment Republicans have talked, talked, not really talked about important things, but they've talked and never delivered. And so people were looking for someone who was actually going to, you know, they're going to take a, a chance on someone who isn't part of the system and that they, that that Trump would do the things he said he was going to do. So, you know, I'm I'm, you know, kind of conflicted. You know, I, I we need to really stop the Democrats. But, you know, our Republican Party are a bunch of, of clowns. clowns. Well, and you and I, another thing we joke about. Liz and I are in um, some group chats with extremely important influential people. We can't really say who. Can't well, say. you and I are the most important, obviously. But obviously. Um, where we post these stupid tweets from House Republican the, committees. House, I love the oversight, the GOP oversight. 
What is I'm just that? Like, Don't fuck yourself. Literally, I just tweeted them. Fuck off. You know, it's <laughs> like we're gonna write a letter. This is terrible. We're gonna write a mean letter to the DOJ. <laughs> like, oh, okay. I mean, Senator Ron Johnson, who I like, and I mean, he's Me he's too. gotten the shit kicked out of him. He tried to expose the whole Hunter Biden thing um, before 2020 and got called a Russian asset, and then that was the end of that. But now admitting the FBI interfered in the 2020 election. We know this. You knew this was happening before the election. What are you clowns going to do about this? And why aren't you telling the American people who don't trust and are very concerned about what's why aren't you telling them what you're going to do? This is easy. We're going to completely de- dismantle the FBI. They are now weaponized against half the country. We are going to cut off funding, 100% cut off funding to the D.C. U.S. Attorney's Office. We're not going to pay. We're not going to pay for federal prosecutors to turn around and investigate us. Like here, I'm going to give you this stick. Hit yourself in the head with it. I mean, like that's basically the what they're can doing. Just say we're not going to sign any budget. That includes funding for these things. And and see, this is a win-win, but they're too stupid to realize. And they're they're you know, they're they're pussies. I'm not gonna they're lie. Scared. That's what it is. They're they're, they're pussies. But right. th- what they could do is they could just say, We're not signing any continuing revolution resolution. Oops, that was slip of tongue. Continuing and we're not gonna <laughs> sign oh, any shit. continuing resolution. We're not consigning any omnibus that has funding for the following things. And you know what will happen? Is they'll shut the government down. Mission accomplished. That's you know right. what I mean? Like Fine. But here's I'm like, I've always I'm like, that's okay. That's great. They can they can pass a bill that says the following things keep getting funded. They can do that because you know what they do? They go, oh, well, cancer patients aren't getting chemotherapy now. Well, you know what? They didn't get chemotherapy during COVID either because you cut that off. But whatever. But they always say, oh, mothers don't have breast milk and chemo patients can't get treatment. And um, widows of fallen soldiers aren't getting payments. That's fine. You can they can write a bill. And pass the bill or put it before Biden and let him not sign it, saying all of these things are will keep being funded until we come to an agreement on the budget. They can absolutely do that. But they're not doing that because they're cowards and because they're pussies. And I want to say um, one other quick thing to this idea about um, what are the Republicans doing? So we've heard from Grassley that there are like 20 FBI whistleblowers, right, talking about corruption in the FBI. OK, what? What's up with that? Like, why aren't see when the Democrats have whistleblowers, it's in the headlines of The New York Times and The Washington Post leaking. Right. Why hasn't they why haven't hasn't Grassley leaked any of this? You know what I mean? Like he has a bunch of whistleblowers. What does that mean? What's going on? Like what what for what? What are they saying? And what's going to happen as a result that they're that they're whistleblowing? You know what I mean? It's like these people do not know how to operate. Um, it's just, it's ridiculous. Anyway, they don't. Um, it's been an hour and I know we both have hard outs. Well, super, wait, super before busy. we leave. Okay, um, go on. Yes. Before we leave, Steve Bannon is in New York court today uh, and just charged with three counts, money laundering in the second degree, money laundering in the second degree, conspiracy in the fourth degree for his role as chairman of the We Build the Wall um, non I don't know what it was company, I guess some, some nonprofit. Right. So he's, uh, he's in trouble again, but he's fighting. He was outside the courtroom and said, I have not yet begun to fight. They will have to kill me first. So there you go. Did he say that? He did. 
All right. I'm not allowed to talk about Steve because I signed an NDA, but I know. Anyway, I'm just. Well, I thought I would just end on that. Am I? Okay. So that's how we're going to end. We're going to be here next week, right, Julie? (laughs) Do you know? Let's hope. I think, I think, I know. I think I'm good. Are you good? I'm good. Oh, no, no, no. I'm good. I'm good. Okay. We will be back next week. Thank you so much for spending an hour with us. Don't forget to subscribe on iTunes. Have a wonderful week without us, but at the light at the end of the tunnel is that we will be back. So see you then. Thanks for listening to Happy Hour with Julie and Liz. We'll see you next week.